This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, a.k.a. Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage the expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. BFM 89.9, it is 7.39 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. It is our final live supercut of 2022. Um, from next week onwards, we will be doing a selection of fun repeats. Uh, but... For today, of course, it being our final live show, um, we wanted for the year. Uh, we wanted to talk about <laughs> our favorite movies of 2022, and I mean, come on, it it, we, it could not possibly have started any other way, other than talking over, talking about, and fawning over Top Gun Maverick. Seriously, every person I've asked this question to, like, what was the best movie you watched in 2022? What was your favorite movie? What was your best cinema experience? They say Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, right? And and I don't think, it's actually been a fairly long time since the movie came out. Um, but I feel like all I want is for them to bring it back to the cinemas again before the year is out so that I can remind myself, listening to that clip made me want to rewatch it. You won't get it because of Avatar 2, The Way of Water, but okay, go on. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that I love that we are doing this episode on the day that Avatar 2 comes out. So we were like collectively, nah, you know, that's not going to make the it's cut. It's not going to make the show. We don't need to wait, which is a bit mean, I think. Yeah. Because some people have been saying it's actually pretty great. No, no, I'm sure it's going to be... But not top of 2022. It, it'll be like an awesome cinematic experience, like biggest sequel of the biggest movie of all time. And we're just like, no, we, we don't care. Um, but I, it's weird, right? Because I feel like this year we've had so many big movie releases. Um, Marvel had three movies. Then you had a bunch of DC movies. Uh, Jurassic World concluded this year. And they all felt kind of flat-ish. And then there was Top Gun. Um, for some reason, the movie that I don't think anyone expected to do so well did so, so well. Um, and I don't think it's even out. Is it out on streaming? Like, do we know when? It is it's, out on streaming. It's out on yes. streaming. I've, I've watched it again since. Oh, so I can rewatch it before the year is out. If your TV doesn't feel big enough, I would suggest going to a, a friend's place. But yes, mm. yes. Because it's like, it's one of those things that stayed in the cinema for so long, right? Like months and months. I think Top Gun Maverick is the only film I've recommended to people this year uh, that received unequivocal, yes, it was mm. fantastic. Mm. Like I didn't have a conversation with anybody. I think how you go into it is different. Um, I, I had my doubts. I think people did. You're returning to a sequel like so long after the fact and, and you know, pandemic delayed, blah, blah, blah. So I think people going in had mixed expectations. Nobody really knew what to do with it. But to a person, I haven't had a conversation with anyone about Top Gun Maverick. Um, and this ranges from like the art house people to the cinema blockbuster people who didn't say, oh my God, because it's <laughs> just that kind of movie. It's it's a, to quote Harry Styles, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not best movie of the year. Um, Actually, expectations is really the key word. And I think it's the key word for so many of the movies we're going to talk about in the show. Because to your point, Arvin, about the multiple Marvel releases that came mm. out, um, the fact that they were hyped up to be a certain thing, whether it's Thor, Love and Thunder or Multiverse of Madness. And then ultimately you went to the cinema and you're like, eh, it's not quite the big deal you promised us it was going to be. Um, whereas something like Top Gun, um, it's exactly what it says on the tin. It doesn't pretend to be some deep existential examination of uh, Tom Cruise's character, uh, 
But does it deliver on every single thing you might ever possibly want from a movie like this? 125% yes. I mean, I, I think a lot of the other big blockbusters, right, tend to forget that people go to the cinema for entertainment and escapism. That's like the main thing. Uh, not everyone's going to have their mind altered or, you know, their, their understanding of life changed. And Top Gun does that. It just delivers. I don't... Like I don't know if it's a good movie. I don't I don't I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think there's any quality per se in its plot or storytelling. It's it's hundred percent nostalgia. Um it weaponizes that so well. But at the end of the day, it's just I think it's the sound and the sights, and then you remember while you're sitting there why you pay a premium to go to the cinema, like why you pay for parking and why you pay for food and you spend your time and you're putting all this effort in to go somewhere to watch a movie like this. It's uh, it's one of those things that just that is just engineered for the big screen. And it's engineered for you to have fun, mm. right? It, it's it's engineered to within an inch of its life. It's essentially a roller coaster where every dip and rise and, you know, the weight... All of it, the moment you wait for where you go upside down, all of that, you know it's coming, you can see it coming, doesn't matter. And you have like a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, it is also by some margin, by the way, we, we want to know, we are going to talk about our favorite films of the year, but what were yours? Um, you know, do you have a movie going experience this year that you were just like, yeah, that's the one? Um, what are your favorites? WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So, uh, Wan Ling, Memory Card, Dion, Jasmine, Rahman, Ming, Kyato, and Jin all just said Top Gun Maverick. Um, Rice and Fishball on Twitter says Top Gun Maverick. The first movie I watched since the MCO, although it was whitewashing American imperialism, <laughs> it was enjoyable to watch, especially the dogfight football on the beach scene. Literally a thirst trap, all the rippling biceps and six packs. You know, um, the first movie I watched since the MCO, I think might have been the case for many people. And I think that also had something to do with why people remember it with this kind of fervor, right? You talked about the delays, but in some ways, I actually think the delay for Maverick has helped the kind of uh, status it's now achieved. The mm. delay and the insistence from the people who made it that it has to be seen. It has to be seen on the big screen. Can you imagine if they just released this on streaming? What a waste it mm. would have been. Oh, it wouldn't have worked at all, I think. Um, also, right, I, the, the, the use of the word whitewashing is it whitewashing if we don't know who they are fighting? Like, American imperialism, <laughs> true, but we have no idea. Like, their enemies are all in helmets. We it, don't see any of their faces. It's more like hardcore um, hardcore propagation of American imperialism <laughs> yes. than it is whitewashing. It's true. It's just the enemy, you guys. The enemy are, They live you somewhere know, with maybe a desert. There's snow. Maybe some snow. Yeah. Um, somewhere that you have to fly to. I think that's all we you, really need to know. You never even hear them. You never even overhear <laughs> no. anyone speaking. It's remarkable. You kind of see them, but their face is obscured. That's Look, just the kind of movie this is. This is what this is what you get, right, with Top Gun Maverick. Um, even the people who know about the fact that the, the famous jacket had to, you know, get a patch digitally removed because there were large countries that were unhappy with some patches. <laughs> Even if you know all that background, doesn't change anything. Still enjoyable. Also, if you find, um, if you've read about how uh, the people, the actors struggled through the football scene, they had to like starve and dehydrate for something mm. like 36 hours just to get that look. So... To quote Rice and Fishball, literally a thirst trap. Yes, they, they were, were so thirsty. thirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they have talked about the pain. So, you know, there is that. Um, but, you know, it's not all Top Gun because the other, the other movie that everyone keeps bringing up is understandably... Uh, everything everywhere all at once so Venice says it um, Gary Tan also definitely everything everywhere watched it three times um, Nadia says it as well as well as um, Fatih what's happening I'm not your husband I'm another version of from another universe I'm here because we need your help very busy today uh, no time to help you Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you 
may be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. That movie is impossible to describe, I think. Um, if you haven't seen it by now, it's a tired immigrant laundromat owner who does stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. This is one of those movies where you're like, you know what? You just have to watch it. I can't mm. tell you what it's about, except it's about Michelle Yeoh. And it is awesome. It is sort of a mind-effing movie. Just watch it. It's, um, it's, it's one of those movies that you would normally recommend to people that no one has watched. Because of its A24 label, right? But the best thing about everything, everywhere, all at once is that so many people have seen it because of the the momentum behind it, because of all the, the word of mouth. It's such an amazing movie. It's I've, I've said this before. It's the best multiverse movie this year. And there was a movie called Multiverse of Madness. That's how good the movie is. I mean, it's a lot, right? I, I For me, what what the best thing was about everything, everywhere was how surprising... Uh, mm. It turned out to be, and, and that was really fun. But along with it being surprising, it was also just an opportunity to to see somebody at the pinnacle of their career making use of every skill set that they had brought up to that moment and being able to have the public persona to do this role. I don't think you can be Evelyn if you're an unknown it's just a simple mm. fact. Oh, yes. you, you need to be a known quantity. But the fact that she's so known, and she's so known especially to us here in our country, but she still manages to surprise you so intensely. It's a beautiful thing. I think that the best thing, one of the best things about Everything Everywhere All at Once is um, exactly the momentum that you're talking about, Arvind. Because, you know, when it came out, um, it felt like one of those weird A24 releases yeah. that nobody was going to talk about. Um, and as the year went by, I just kept hearing people posting about it and talking about it. And because it had the streaming release, it then built even more momentum when it came out. And even now, um, and this movie was an early release, months and months later, people are still referring to Everything Everywhere All at Once. And we're talking about Oscar buzz. I mean, how many movies managed to achieve that? How many movies? And now Michelle Yeoh, I mean, she's, she's always been famous, right? But now because of the movie, she's got so much um, so much going for her that everyone's hyped for things like uh, The Witcher, Blood Origin, and a couple of other things that she's coming out with. It's uh, it's like a resurgence for her in Hollywood, even though she's had a career in Hollywood for, for decades now, actually. Michelle Assance? Because Michelle Assance. Uh, yeah, because yes. if you've got the McConaissance, then surely mm. you need the Michelle Assance. Um, let us know what is your favourite movie of 2022 or some of your favourite movies. We want to know. That's what we're discussing today as well. WhatsApp 018-789-8899. And of course, also tweet us at BFM Radio. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. We believe that. When every time there's an outward silence and people don't know what to say next, it means Malaikats, angels are walking through. You know every living thing, every human, has its time to go. It's your time. That's all. I want to change the dinner to tonight. Take it from the top. One, two, three, four, five. Mana tumpahnya kuah Kalau tidak ke atas nasi Kemana jatuhnya buah Tak jauh dari pohon jati Mengenang suara si manja Tangisan dan juga ketawa BFM 89.9. It is 7.52. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we're talking about our favourite films of 2022. Um, and that was a clip of my favourite Rahim Razali movie this year, by far by a huge distance, um, spilt gravy on rice. <laughs> so we talked a lot about how, um, w when we reviewed the film, about how short the cinema run was and mm. what a pity that was that enough people didn't get to catch it in the cinema because it almost felt like by the time word of mouth went out, it was no longer playing. Um, so the good news is it's out on Netflix. Um, 
I would 100% recommend people catch it. It's such a cosy home view as well. And then the kind of thing you can watch with your family. Oddly, it's maybe a nice Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. Oddly enough, I think yeah. if, if you're looking for like a, a local feel-good family holiday film, um, I think this is such a good choice. And you know, it's it's always nice when these kinds of films that have already had a rocky road to being distributed and, and, and shown uh, get a sort of second life on streaming platforms. And that's exactly what I love about uh, the availability of these sorts of platforms. Cozy is such a perfect word for it because even when I saw it the first time, right, I can remember, um, how, how long ago was that? Well, six months at least, I think. It came out, like we were complaining that it came out the week before uh, Jurassic World that's Dominion, yeah. which just like ate it up, bulldozed through its show times right um i remember which cinema i went to i remember the showtime i picked i remember like sitting in like the seats that i had it's so cozy it's such a warm movie um and i didn't expect it to be so good like halfway through i was like this is such a nice experience because you you don't get to to experience small intimate local movies independent local movies like that um on the big screen and just have a a good time because it's been through a lot like the movie has been through like years and years of cuts and ups and downs and jumping through hoops um same i i I would honestly recommend like everyone watch it on netflix um when you can especially since it's the holiday season and stuff um it looks good it looks good on streaming you know um i we spoke earlier about both Top Gun Maverick and Everything Everywhere. So Everything Everywhere has stayed with me for the rest of the year. I've been putting off rewatching it. I'm not sure why. I think because it's a little bit sad. Oh, same. Um, and, and I just want to give it a bit more headspace. But um, Top Gun hasn't stayed with me. I will say that. Um, I loved it. Mm. I would 100% rewatch it any day of the week. But I don't think about it after. It's done. The door is closed. I leave the cinema or my house or whatever and it's over. Spilt Gravy stayed with me for the rest of that day, the weekend, the month. After I watched it, I kept thinking about it and returning to that family and thinking about them. And it's it's nice to do these year-end lists, partly because we are now able to say, with the benefit of some hindsight, which were the movies that stayed with us. That's actually such a good point. You're right. Spill Gravy, actually, ever since it's come out on Netflix, and I've, of course, been you know, pushing it to everyone I know, um, I've had so many people get back to me with exactly what you're saying. Oh, that conversation between father and son made me think about this mm. part of my life. Or the way those siblings talk to each other made me reflect on my relationship with my siblings. Um, and, and, and that's a really special thing. And uh, what sits with you and what gets you thinking even months after you watched a film is I think one really good indicator of whether the movie was successful or not. It's also nice to see the amount of love the movie is getting uh, after so long um, because it does, I mean, it's not, it's no secret. Like, the movie deals with a lot of controversial things for the Malaysian context. Um, it's nice to see so many people like, you know, gravitating towards it and the movie doing so well. I think, I think I saw it in either the trending list or the Malaysian top 10 on Netflix, but I can't be sure. But I hope, I hope it's in the Malaysian top 10, at least, you know, for like local settings. So um, if we look to other films that are coming through and that we also wanted to talk about, Vilvarajan says Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Top Gun Maverick, we've talked about those. And The Batman, Sparks Lover also says The Batman. You know, I had forgotten The Batman was this year. And The Batman is one of those movies for me that I enjoyed a lot, although I I recognised it was a little too long, but I really didn't think about after. That said, such a well-made film. I think, I've uh, said this so many times, probably my favourite Batman movie, uh, my favourite Batman. Um, we just got news today that Henry Cavill is not coming back as Superman. Yes. We know that James Gunn is going to reboot that whole universe. The Batman gave us a glimpse into the potential that Warner Brothers and DC have always had. People tend to forget that they have redefined the superhero genre again and again with stuff like Donner's Superman and, and The Dark Knight. Um, the Batman is in that league. It's it's in that tier of like top-notch DC films. Um, such a good movie. So, so good. A good film in its own right, I think, is, mm. is the fun thing also. You don't have to be an absolute Batman fanatic to appreciate what it's trying to do and what it achieves, which I think is a fun thing. Uh, all right, so we're going to play a clip from that. In the meantime, though, we'd like to hear from you. What is your favourite movie of 2022? By the way, Sayu is coming in to say... Top Gun Maverick, no, 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 followed by a longer message. We'll come back to that. I'm just going to, you know, give a taster. But what is your favourite movie of 2022? Do you agree, disagree with any of the picks so far? Um, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. In the meantime, here is a little bit of The Batman.
Okay, so I just, you want me to... Riddle number one. It can be cruel, poetic, or blind, but when it's denied, it's violence you may find. Wait, 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 wait. Can you repeat? Justice. Huh? The answer's justice. Justice? Yes! Justice! Riddle number two. If you are justice, please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eye? Bribes. Oh, God, bribes! He's asking how much it costs for you to turn your back. Fifty-eight seconds! How much? Nothing! How much? Ten grand! Ten grand! Okay! Last riddle. Since your justice is so select... Please, tell us which vermin you're paid to protect. The rat. The informant you all protect from the Salvatore Moroni case. How do you know about that? What's his name? 20 seconds. No. He's going to kill you. Let's go. Break from mediocrity. BFM 89.9. Not salsa, not flamenco, my brother. Do you know? Not to. What is not to? Polam gattu dumulo na potla gitta duki na tu pole ramma jataralo pota raju gina tu kiru sepule sukoni karra samuze sina tu marri sattu dilo na kurra gumpu kodi na tu yarra jonna rottelo na mira padukku galvi na tu na paata zudu na paata zudu na paata zudu na na tu na tu na tu na tu na tu pila na. Enough of this nonsense! You two, out! No, Jake, I've had enough of your bullying. Oh, oh wait! No. Go! BFM 89.9, it is 8.09 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Shamila and Arvin. It is our last live supercut for 2022 and therefore the last time you will hear us play that clip for the umpteenth time this year <laughs> because we have spoken so much about RRR and considering the fact that our show today is about our favourite movies of 2022, we couldn't miss it out. And I mean, what are we going to play? Not that song? That's crazy talk. I was actually getting a little sad thinking about how after this, if we play RRR anymore, it's clearly going to be favoritism. And so this is coming mm. really to the end of when we can <laughs> flog this movie on air. But really, I cannot think back to movie going experiences, cinema going experiences of 2022 without thinking about, I think clearly the two things would be Top Gun Maverick and RRR. So worth going to the cinema for. Let me ask you this. <laughs> If you unleashed RRR in Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> can Tom Cruise survive? Like, is, is no, is, no, of course not. Can he leap off a bridge with nothing but a rope? I don't think no. so. No, not with that kind of precision. Yeah, can yeah. Tom Cruise control a zoo? Exactly. At the back of a truck. Can Tom Cruise find enough weaponry in a forest to mm. lead a rebellion? No. And no. still be immaculately dressed. Yes. Yeah. How See. fast can Tom Cruise's hair grow? Also, can Exa- he dance yeah. and exactly. do the suspender dance? See, so many reasons why. Can Tom Cruise dance? Yeah. See? Uh, he can we jump have on seen couches. proof of this. Tropic Thunder. No, no, no. Ah. We've, we've seen proof. <laughs> No, to be fair to Tom Cruise. Hey, he was in Rock of Ages. Yes, oh, that's, that's why. True. That's also, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he can, but he can't do the suspenders. Yeah, I was going to say, he hasn't danced with suspenders. This is the caveat that, <laughs> that we're observing here. Um, look, I, I think we can we sh- probably shouldn't belabor the point. But if you haven't yet seen RRR and you have three hours and seven minutes free <laughs> towards the end of the year, I really think it is a fantastic investment of time. And more importantly... It is a huge, huge shot of endorphins. I I can't remember a happier movie watching experience this year for me than RRR. I was like in hysterics. I was um, overjoyed. I was carried along by the bromance. I, I, it was just, I keep saying this, but it's pure cinema, RRR. It just embraces everything. Arvin, you said earlier, not everyone wants to go to the cinema to have some sort of like revelation or mm. life altering moment, right? But I think 
this is the exact example of that. Um, RRR is not going to teach you things about life, but it is <laughs> or going will to... It? Friendship. See, I was going to say, it does teach you that sometimes having a darn good time mm. is great. Um, and maybe it's because of two years of the pandemic. Maybe it's because this sort of spectacle, sometimes you, you just want to be swept away. Um, but I'm so glad that this movie exists. Same. Um, and not to like, you know, intellectualize it a lot, but, you know, we, we were talking about how it, it, it's so much fun and it's it's such a, it's such a good time like watching that movie, right? But I think it's also a masterclass in pacing. Uh, you mentioned the the three hours and seven minutes. It doesn't feel like three hours and seven minutes. Not at all. Not at all. It feels like an hour and a half or mm-hmm. two hours because of how well the movie is structured. Like you get scene after scene. Um, there's not a boring moment. You're constantly invested. There's some new plot popping up every other time. And then you're like, I want to see what happens next. I want to see what happens next. And then the next is always an escalation of the previous thing. And by the time you're at the third act... It's it's just completely bonkers. Like the movie goes insane and you're completely okay with it. You're like, I want to see where this goes. I don't care about physics or science or, or logic or reality anymore. It's not about that. It's not. I, it's- have, I have a dream that 20 years from now in some film class, in some university, a lecturer is going to say, what is a movie? And then screen RRR. <laughs> Guys, we are talking about an RRR push for the Oscars. It's been mm. a thing. So it, it may not be so far away. It's such a good movie. Um, okay, we are asking you for your favourite films of 2022. What are the ones that you've particularly enjoyed? Um, and if you've disagreed with any of the picks so far as well, we want to know. Um, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So... Top Gun Maverick is still coming through in some ways. Uh, Kamran Nizam says Maverick in 4D, complete with mask. Uh, Samantha says Top Gun Maverick for the win. You got to respect the hard work and effort Tom Cruise put into doing his own stunts and using real fighter jets that translated into a wow experience. On the other hand, Sayu says Top Gun Maverick. No, no, no. Not a movie I'd recommend. It's equivalent to the popcorn we get in any movie session. The Menu, however, is a movie I would recommend. Going into the hall without knowing what to expect, provided you don't read about it beforehand, is like having a real film omakase treat. The scenes were beautifully crafted, the dialogue was well-written and delivered, the ending was kind of expected, but the journey to get there was so fulfilling. Truly one I would recommend. Uh, Lu Yin and Juju Jaja both also said The Menu. You know, I've missed The Menu. Um, I missed its cinema run, so I'm actually waiting for it to drop on some platform because I really, really want to watch it. The trailer looks amazing um, and the reviews have been so good as well. You know, since we're talking about this, can we discuss... Quentin Tarantino's recent comments about how this is the worst um, era in film or in Hollywood, since we're doing like best of list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm thinking about movies like The Menu, uh, movies like She Said, um, uh, Bones and All. Bones and All. Mm-hmm. Bones yeah. and All. Uh, so many movies that we missed. And I'm thinking like if we had seen all the movies that came out this year, our list today would be very, very different. I don't think it would have included the seven clips that we picked for the show today. Maybe some. Um And I don't know if, like, for myself personally, I make a lot of excuses for the smaller movies. Like, I don't want to drive, I don't want to park, it'll be out on streaming, I'm going to wait for it. Which are not excuses that I give myself for any Marvel movie. Like, I had tickets to Thor Love and Thunder two weeks before the movie came out, even though I didn't like Multiverse of Madness. So, I don't know, like, I tend to, like, maybe he's right, like, maybe these old-timey filmmakers... I'm making a point and he is right about these movies hijacking cinemas and taking time away from like better movies. Is he right though? I mean, so I think, you know, the the dominance of cinematic universes, um, Mm. regardless of who you're talking about, franchises, what have you. I do think, and I've said this before, that they take up way too much of our time and energy. Personally, I'm tired of it. But with that said, right, I thought he was being snobby. um, And I also thought he was being a little bit snobby about the audience. Um, we've spoken uh, that looking at the list, there are a number of smaller films um, being mentioned firstly, but we were speaking off air about Banshees of Inner Sharon which is the latest from Martin McDonough and I've been waiting for that movie from, I don't know the middle of the year, just waiting to see when it would come out because it was doing the award circuit, the reviews were starting to emerge. It's a Martin McDonough, it has Colin Farrell, it has Brendan Gleeson, it brings together the the In Bruges people. I was so excited. And now Arvin sits here and tells me, just Mm. tells me that it's already out on streaming. And 
It's hard for me to describe how I feel because mostly I'm so disappointed that it didn't come here, to the cinema. Because I, I don't know how well it would have done, probably not well at all. But nonetheless, it, it's kind of a, a cause and effect chicken and egg thing, right? Because if you have the audience who are waiting to watch this thing, who have been waiting to catch it on the big screen, and then now you just drop it casually on streaming, then who are you talking about when you say that the worldwide box office wasn't good because so, you didn't release it. So I feel that way about The Woman King. I have been dying mm. to watch it um, and I kept expecting to see it because it is a 2022 release. But we're at the end and now it's only coming out in March, I think, if I'm not mistaken for us. Um, and, and you know, some of these things, it also means that a lot of the movies that... Uh, Movies like Licorice Pizza, I don't think that ever oh, made yeah. it to our cinemas. Um, it's on streaming, though. It's on streaming. But the problem is that a lot of the movies that are on these best of lists for people who are not based in Malaysia um, may not have made it to our cinemas at all. Sometimes they drop on streaming and you don't even realize that it's dropped. Um, and, and it changes the way you feel about those movies as well. You may not watch it when the hype is big. That said, I also think that, um, you know, people like Tarantino are kind of overstating the point a bit because if you look at a movie like Everything Everywhere mm. or if you even look at Nope, which, um, you know, if you look at the story and how well it could do, um, uh, sorry, uh, if you look at the story and how weird it can get, the fact that they did well, I think it means that people will watch these movies. It just means that perhaps um, the model of distribution needs to be relooked at. That's the thing, right? So I always wonder, like, whose fault is it? Like, is it the the cinemas for not playing the movie enough or the marketing for not hyping the movies enough? Because, I mean, we can't deny that the big movies keep cinemas alive. Like, the blockbusters are what people keep going to cinemas for. Um, it survived, the cinemas survived the pandemic because of these major blockbusters. But then I just kept thinking, like, especially when we were coming up with this list, like, you know, would I... Would I have gone out to have seen these smaller movies with, with the limited time that you have to do these things, even if they had come out? Or would I have still given myself excuses? Like, maybe I would have gone to see The Woman King, but would I have gone to see, like, Bones and All? I skipped. I haven't seen Bones and All. I should have seen it. I didn't see it. But it's that, you know, again, it's that push and pull. It's that, it's that problem, the, the vicious cycle. Speaking of Nope, um, that's coming through a little bit as well. And I'm glad because I really liked it. I know that it has its flaws. But um, since this is my new standard that I'm going to apply, what lived with me after I watched it, Nope really, really did. Mm -hmm. uh, Valerie says, my top movie has got to be Nope. Creepy, scary, totally blew my mind. Um, Haycheck says... Actually, I'll, I'll save HX for later because I have questions. Uh, Nigel says, since Top Gun and Everything Everywhere has been mentioned, I'll go for a horror one instead. Barbarian was a great horror for 2022 while we're talking about horror. And then HX says, okay, my favourite movies this year, Everything Everywhere, followed by Nope and Barbarian was such a pleasant treat. Now, here's where we get into tricky territory because HX says, Tar was also pretty good. Kate Blanchett's best performance thus far. A bit too hyped up was Bros. The comedy was haha and that's it. But glad to see that representation. Hey, Chex, where did you watch Tar? I don't want to sound accusatory, <laughs> but it, it falls into my banshees of Inisherin. I've been waiting for Tar. I love Kate Blanchett. I've wanted to watch it since I first heard about it. Where did you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> we won't reveal it on air. You can tell us. Yes. Um, but, oh, you know, I've been wanting to watch Barbarian. I've heard such good things about it, but I'm scared. I've said this before. I have to wait, but I'll get to it eventually. I've also wanted to check it out, but same thing. Uh, there, are some, there are some independent horror movies that just don't leave you alone, even once they're done. And you don't want those things circling in your head for very long. Um, I have a feeling that Barbarian is going to be one of those movies. So I've been... I've been carefully waiting for the perfect time, maybe on like a bright, sunny Sunday afternoon or something. I'm just too scared. I I feel <laughs> so sorry um, to everyone who listens to us, who enjoys horror. Firstly, thank you to everyone who listens. I truly appreciate it. But I know that we're letting the horror and anime people down. I know it. Every the week, anime people, yeah. Seriously, every week we get these messages and they're so well thought out and the recommendations are so great. And we're just like, oh, haha, not enough time. Scared. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if it helps, if it helps, every time I have company, I will suggest the horror movie thinking to myself, maybe you can be my support system for this. But they also say no. 
Didn't Barbarians show in the cinemas or was it like a streaming? I think it was purely streaming. I think it was purely streaming. See, I watch horror movies in cinemas. Same. Mm, I'm okay. because How do you guys do this? Because there are people in the speak- cinema yeah. with you. No, but it's so big and then your hands can only cover so much of your eyes. That is true. And you can't, you can't block out the sound. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's because letting it into my home then means I have to live in that home. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Safe space. Uh, <laughs> cinemas. Safe spaces. Um, Nope, though. Can we return to Nope? Because uh, that was a horror-inflected movie, I suppose, that I did watch and did watch in the cinemas. So beautiful. Um, spoke about it at the time. And I think this this sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but I think the fact that it's imperfect makes it more interesting. Uh, I think if it had been really well-engineered and just fit together perfectly, it wouldn't have suited the story that it was trying to tell, nor the mood that it was trying to evoke. It, it was clearly a pandemic-driven film. It was clearly born out of like a fever dream during the pandemic and I was there for it. So Nope for me, again, is by that that metric that you said, Lynn, uh, did it stay with me, right? There are images from that film that just come to my mind yeah. sometimes. And I think to myself, oh, how beautiful that scene was. How did they film that scene? How did, they, how did that look? Um, I, I also think it's a flawed film. Um, and initially I was like, would I put it on my list of top movies of the year but I think if I were going to tell people you must watch Nope um, and I will I think it belongs on that list I, I think it's it's definitely in my top five favorite of the year. Um, I was surprised to find out that it only made 171 million worldwide, which I think is the lowest that Jordan Peele has made out of his three big blockbuster movies, right? Um, and once again, that that circles back to what we were talking about. Like, I don't know who's I don't know whose fault this is uh, for people not going out to see no. Um. So since we we questioned where uh, someone would have watched. Tar earlier, where HX watched Tar. Um, the lack of the lack of coordinated cinematic releases around the world is a thing. Mm. This is a fact. I'm not encouraging anybody to go the illegal route, but the fact is it is there. And once something has done the festival circuit and then it's released, um, particularly in the Western Hemisphere, ahead of time and it comes to us only six, seven, eight months later, by then, I don't know how many people would pay to see something that they have likely, frankly, already downloaded and watched elsewhere. And and that is part of it, right? I don't think it reflects whether or not people are um, people are cinema literate or whether they enjoy films. So when we see the big Marvel thingies um, make lots of money, part of that is they release it either, sometimes we get it early, um, or they release it within days, within like hours of, of it being released elsewhere. So you don't actually have the opportunity to... To go covert. Speaking of that, right, actually, um, another movie that I really would have put on my list, if not for the fact of how we ended up having to watch it, I loved 3,000 Years of Longing. Mm. Um, I don't know if I actually watched 3,000 Years of Longing because of the way it was chopped up for our cinemas. And again, that goes back into this idea of how our movies distributed, Um how are they censored for different locations? Does it make sense to watch it in the cinema? Because honestly, I would have told most people there's no point in watching this in the cinema. Um, hopefully when it drops on streaming, it's not going to be chopped as much. Um, or as you said, Lynn, it's just going to drive people to download it illegally. On the other side of that, right, is I'm surprised that none of us put um, or didn't vouch for Wakanda Forever a bit more. Um, because well, since we're talking about like giant blockbusters, we we love that movie. Um but it's not. It didn't make the cut for our seven clips today. Just briefly, though, um, Sunflower says Wakanda Forever. Aaron Kwok says that as well. Um, Thirteen O Zero N also says it. Uh, Q Chiang and Eve um, all said Wakanda Forever. Eve adding, um, "It's a breath of fresh air with its people of color representation and Namor." Um, I actually would put Wakanda Forever on my list of best movies this year. If you um, extended it to 10. If I extended it to 10. And mm. it's only because also I felt like we just reviewed it and we talked about it so much that it felt like a bit of a cheat to talk about it again. But it was a definite highlight for me. And hands down, best Marvel thing this year. Best any superhero related thing this year. I would say best superhero, best Marvel thing of phase four. Mm. Um, easily best phase four movie. I think it came at the tail end of an oversupply of candy, though. You can only have so much candy and sweet, sweet things until you're completely sugared out. I, but I think at, at this point, I'm just like 
they need to cut back on the superhero ness they never thought right they've done not. this to arvin <laughs> they've done this to it arvin is, it is too much right i mean between tv and, we, and cinema i think lin said it was too much like 3 years ago yeah, i said seriously. it was too much 2 years ago a year ago you were still a, a fan I think it's Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder did it lah. Thor Love and Thunder just completely ruined the entire experience for me. Princess on Instagram says, Thor Love and Thunder, even though a lot of people criticized it, but I find it interesting. It is interesting. Thor Love and Thunder. Arvind's face is just a thing of (laughs) beauty and horror. Can it be both interesting and just really not done well? Like it just didn't reach its full potential. <laughs> mm, that's, that's, that's one way of putting it. Um, I'm so like people are entitled to their own opinions. People can love what they love. Like we've loved some really bad movies. Um, that's a bad movie. Like you can't. There's no way you can have so much money and so much talent and such a good filmmaker and make a movie like Thor: Love and Thunder. It it felt like the ninth movie of a failing franchise. So bad. You've also grown to hate it more with time. Like I can, I can hear it. You didn't I, sound this bad in the review. I didn't like it when I watched it, and then the more I thought about it, the more I hated <laughs> it. Uh, to a point when the ripple effect was so much that I, I haven't seen Wakanda Forever twice. I saw it once, and I'm like, okay, I think I'll, I think I'll wait, even though I love Wakanda Forever. I'll tell you this. Um, I, I think. I'm glad that I didn't watch Thor: Love and Thunder in the cinema. Uh, that sounds like a outright criticism, but it's actually just a qualifier because I was very excited for it. If you'd asked me at the start of the year what is a film I'm waiting to watch in the cinema, Thor: Love and Thunder would have mm. been there. Um, I like what's been done with the character of Thor. I love Taika Waititi. There's a lot to enjoy, um, but the fact that it was put off. And I therefore had the beginning of the tricklings of criticism from around the globe of maybe, you know, settle your expectations. Maybe this isn't going to be the way you think it is. All of that helped me arrive at Thor Love and Thunder with the right, this is just a Saturday morning cartoon movie mindset. And approaching it from that point of view where I'm not worried about craft and I'm just like, okay, this is funny enough. Um, was helpful. They had Christian Bale in that movie. <laughs> who, who did really well, to be fair. Was Christian awesome. Bale was, was amazing. Awesome. in a different movie. He wasn't actually in the same yeah, movie He does this from time else. to time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't even there. They just green screened all of his scenes. He didn't know what he was doing. Pandemic filming. Yeah, Not yeah, yeah. the first or last time that Christian Bale has outacted everyone and then just been in a different movie altogether. <laughs> you know, it's not, not really the last time. Um, Danny, while we're marvelling, said, I watched Eternals six times, guys. This was the movie for me. Top Gun was good, yeah. <laughs> you know, I hope The Eternals goes on to be appreciated as a work of underrated genius as we go, as time goes mm-hmm. by. I've rewatched Eternals recently for the first time. Liked it even more. Yes, uh, every I've I, I rewatched it about two times actually, and I rarely rewatch most Marvel things. Um, I liked it even more each time. And it's still sad. I, I think that what helps with uh, rewatching, <laughs> it's still sad, I say cheerfully. Um, but I think that what helps with Eternals is that the emotional resonance lasts. And that's saying something for a comic book film. I think it's also that I'm suddenly starting to realise they're probably never going to revisit it. I think they're just going to let it sit. And in some ways, I'm actually glad because it kind of just exists like that. I'm glad, but also at the same time, there's... There's a giant hand sticking out of the globe, which they have not addressed, which is another problem, love, because they were like, yeah, we don't want to talk about this movie, which it's one of the better movies of Phase 4. I'll say, I think maybe top three movies in Phase 4, which is not saying much, but Phase 4 has been weak. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, continuing on horror, because uh, we interrupted ourselves, actually. St. Miso says, Peng Abdi Setan Dua, um, which is an Indonesian film. Um, I was looking it up and, um, sorry, again, I think it's quite clear that our horror gaps are large, um, but it does have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I've actually heard about the movie. Um, I'm just, yeah, I, I, I don't have to explain. I think why I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Same. It sounds amazing, actually. Um, maybe we we should group watch. Maybe we should have a standing horror movie date with each other where we go to a neutral space, not anybody's house, <laughs> and then and then we figure it out from there. We can be we our watch own it su- in the office. Ah, ah. we can be our that own works. support system. Works, yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew says, try The Witch Part 2, the other one, a Korean movie, which again, comes up very often in our supercuts when we ask for recommendations. Uh, no, yes, I, I would... I would, with reservations, sign up to watch it at some point. 
for a second I thought it was a sequel to the Robert Eggers one, and I was like, wait, what? The like, Vavitch. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Also, which I've not watched. That's a good not movie. because I don't want to, mm. but because I'm scared. How scary? Um, unsettling more than scary, uh, um, and, and and also sticks in your head for a while. Um, Use ritual says spilt gravy for the win. Hard agree. We uh, spoke about this earlier. Yes, completely. Daniel says no love for the Weird Al movie, and yes, he is aware of the distribution issue. I. <laughs> Really want to watch that movie. Is that a way of saying that Weird Al has tacitly approved us watching that movie in any way that we can obtain said movie? Is that what you're telling us, Daniel? (laughs) Maybe. It's available on streaming. (laughs) In some capacity. Giant air quotes. It's available on streaming in other countries. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. we can put it that way. Um, But... I have wanted to watch the Weird Al movie. I mean, every part of it seems patently strange. And also, I'm a huge Weird Al Yankovic fan. I'm a huge Weird Al fan. I'm also a huge fan of Daniel Radcliffe doing weird roles. Mm. So, 100% want to watch it. I'm a huge fan of biopics that get a stamp of approval from the people that they're trying to biopic. Because more often than not, they'll come on saying like, oh, that's not me and yeah. I don't like the story. This is nice. Like, it's, they're so supportive of each other. <laughs> Plus a living person. Yes. Yeah, because sometimes the people don't get to say anything. And mm. then it's just their families or whoever saying that, oh, this does a disservice. And, and it all gets really, really muddled. Um, okay, HX is back and not answering me. HX, where did you watch Tar? Um, HX says, for horror, you should also check out Empty, Empty Man. Such a gem. Um, Vavitch, the A24 movie, was very, very unsettling. I really liked it, but it didn't haunt me as much as Hereditary. Uh, just to be clear, I know it's The Witch, Oof. but it is, yeah, spelled Vavitch. that way. The Vavitch. I love how the more we say we are scared to watch horror, the more horror suggestions seem to come in. Mm-hmm. Horror movie fans uh, are really steadfast. I, I think that that's one thing I've always admired about people who watch horror. Firstly, the capacity to watch horror. And secondly, the the dedication to the genre. You can't really say it for others. You don't get really dedicated action movie fans or dedicated comedy movie fans. But the horror folks are really steadfast. Also, if they have tips to share on how to watch it and then remain psychologically no, whole no. after. No, they're different. The, mm. the, the, the brain wiring is different. They, they, they cannot advise us. It's able to erase immediately or not. Or they just like the, you know, sitting with the scares. You see, Jay is not helping. Jay says, if you watch The Witch in Office and then one of you has to stay back alone. Great. Mm. Our one plan ruined. Plus, okay. we do the show at night. Yeah. What We're we here. do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. We leave... We leave together, park next to park each other, next to each other w- come back up, watch the thing, leave again together and text each other when we get home and have seen the Vavitch in the toilet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the closest we'll get. La. Yeah. 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 Um, Ilanko says Kantara for me. Oh, I haven't watched. Same, haven't seen. Heard such good things though. Genuinely heard yes. such good mm-hmm. things. Um, by the way, while we're talking about horror, but also genre, uh, I think it's the right time to set up our next clip, which was a bit of a sleeper hit. Um, it's also made it to a number of year-end um, best-ofs, which makes me really happy. Let's talk a little bit about Prey. Oh, Prey was such a... I mean, I don't think I even knew it existed until um, until Arvin, I think, told us about it, told me about it anyway. Um, and I'm so glad I watched it. It was undeniably one of the surprise hits for me for this year. I think about it a lot. I recommend it a lot. Um, I am a huge Predator fan. Um, and then I'm glad that this exists. I think this is my favorite Predator movie. Um, I know that's a bit like it's a weird to say because people are like the first Predator is the best one. I've now seen the first Predator, you guys. I've, I've actually Ooh. seen a fair amount of the Predators oh. now. Yeah, yeah. Did the first one work better for you than the others? Uh, the first one's fun. Uh. I mean, in its own way. Um, I, I. It turns out that I've just been saying things like, get to the chopper without knowing where it came from. So it was fun to see the, I, I like fist pumped when he yelled it. Um, so it, it was fun. It's nice to see a classic Arnie um, pre, you know, mega, mega fame. So that, that was all, that was all really enjoyable. Finding out that Jean-Claude Van Damme was too much of a diva to live within mm. the Predator suit was also very fun. So yes, overall very enjoyable, but I, I would agree having seen a fair amount now, praised by far the best. 
by far the best. Um, it's because of that blend of it does horror so well, but then it's also such a good action movie. Uh, the practical effects are so so good. But it was like one of those things, like you said. Um, I I put on Disney Plus one day, and it was just there. It just said like new on Disney Plus, and it just popped up. And I was like, when did when did this happen? I didn't even know that the movie was coming out. I think it dropped on Hulu or something. Um, but in terms of being a sleeper hit, I'm so glad that it came out. It was such a fun like home watch, but it also worked as like such a good sci-fi action movie. And you don't have to have watched any of the Predator movies to find this interesting or enjoyable. No, no. Yeah. No, it's a prequel in the best sense of the word. Um, we'd like to hear from you. What is your favourite movie of 2022? Um, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Here's a little bit of prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. Mamoy, Nita. There's something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? Best Flipping Moments, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. What if I told you that today you'll leave here different? Pops! Pops! I'm talking to you. Bro, what'd you see? Something above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever killed Pops is out there? Right here, you are going to witness an absolute spectacle. So what happens next? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? BFM 89.9. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. It is our final live supercut for 2022 and we're talking about our favourite films of the year. We spoke about Nope a little bit earlier um, and that clip though I have to say reminded me of how much I enjoyed Stephen Yeun in it. Nope, as we said earlier, um, I keep thinking about it more. I kind of wish I'd watched it again in the cinema before it went right? out. A little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Because just the, the way it looks on the big screen, the sound. Um, the it's, IMAX-iness it's such a of it yes, all. Yes, yes. IMAXiness is something that they should have pushed for the they should have pushed in the movie more I think um, because I I had no idea it was shot in IMAX um, until I saw it in IMAX and then the scenes were so beautiful the cinematography is so amazing um, it's the vistas yeah like, like you don't yes. expect to see such wide vistas in a Jordan in a horror movie more than anything uh, we spoke about like the claustrophobic the anti claustrophobic nature of it right oh I love that movie. It's going to sound very snooty, but I'll say it nonetheless. I think I would watch anything that Hoyt van Hoytema lenses. Oh, yeah. I just think he just does such an amazing job. And, and like, regardless of the quality of the script or even the performances, both of which in Nope I thought were, were stupendous, um, I, would, I would watch it in the cinema just to enjoy his work because it's really something else. Uh, okay, if we look at the messages, um, Long Long firstly says, I have a friend who laughs when watching horror. <laughs> Maybe that's one way of dealing with it, la. You just don't take it seriously and therefore it doesn't do anything to you. I, I couldn't, though. Also, there are some of the... I, I can kind of understand when you have, like, the jump scares and you're in a cinema full of people and they're, like, screaming and shrieking. Um, it does, like, it does turn into laughter after a while because you're just, like... It's a roller coaster. Jordan Peele says the only difference between comedy and horror is the music or is the sound. That if you watched, Ooh. yeah, either which way with a different with different sound effects, it would be different. So you know, who knows? Actually, maybe. sound in horror is a big thing. Um, it really changes how you feel about what you're watching. The bassiness, yeah, 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 the yeah. squelching. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Uh, some more recent shouts. Um, Bessie says, "Pinocchio." 
I hope the Guillermo yeah. del Toro mm. one. Sorry, mm. I just assumed, but now I realize we're not sure. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's Guillermo del Toro. We'll decide it's their Guillermo. Because I'm not going to watch the Disney one. No. So I'm in no position no. to judge. Have any of us seen the Disney one? I, did, I didn't want to ruin my memories of the cartoon. Same. I've seen GIFs and those yeah. are enough. That's I the think. horror I don't want, actually. Yeah. Um, Farid says, still waiting for Glass Onion. Very much so. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for it. Been excited since January. So just very thrilled. Um, a little bit bummed that I'm not going to be here to review it with you both. but um, We'll talk about it at some point, I'm sure. I mean, can, we'll, we'll can we stop? Like, can we'll we stop ourselves? <laughs> um, Adam says, okay, this one needs some discussion. All quiet on the Western Front. You know, I agree. I think it was such a great film. I'm so glad it came out. I'm so glad we watched it and talked about it. Would I? It actually almost made our list. It mm. almost mm-hmm. made our list of clips to play today. But it's such a difficult, sad movie as well. I think it would have definitely made our list. I think it also would have sat with us for a lot longer if we had seen it in the cinema. Mm. I think watching it on a small screen did it like such a disservice and, and it made the movie... I wouldn't say the movie is forgettable, but I think the movie is easy to forget because there's so many things going on at home, right? Um, yeah, it should have been a cinema release, this one. I I was so... I was so deeply affected. Um, I was so deeply affected by All Quiet on the Western Front in a way mm. that I couldn't really emotionally prepare for. I mean, I knew mm. what it was going to be about. Um, I'd already seen people saying that it was such a fine and intense anti-war war movie. And I thought I knew. And then you go in and you leave feeling as hollow as as you've ever felt. And it needs a bit of time to recover from. But I think that is a mark of a good film, a great film even. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, My Sarah says, Emergency Declaration was a favourite. I haven't watched that one. It's a Korean film, is it? Yes. I think it's a Korean movie. Um, It's it's one of the highest grossing ones, I think, of the year, if not all. Um, So yes, definitely want to watch it. Need to check where it is available. Again, I I realise our show is also making it quite clear how difficult it is. Uh, First of all, problem, but how difficult it can be to be a movie enthusiast in this current age because you don't know where everything is and Mm -hmm. there is no centralised database. Um, and it's you can only really ask people who live in the same country as you. You can't rely on online uh, information because it'll be on one platform in one country and mm. a different platform in a different country. Have you done that thing where you want to rent a movie on, let's say, like Apple TV Plus or something, and then you realize that it's available for free on some other platform? <laughs> yes. And you've already paid right? for it? You've already played, <laughs> paid for it. Like I, I almost paid for something once, and then I think it was House of Gucci, uh, if not mistaken. And which then, is on Prime. Which is on Prime. Uh, and on Disney Plus, I think. Yes. Yeah. So it's so like, now oh. you, so basically then the other way to do it is to just look for things across like I don't know six different platforms. And then yeah. by the time you're done, you're done with dinner. <laughs> it's, it's sort of over. And that's what you wanted the movie yeah. for in the first place. Yeah. Um, we also have um, this from someone on Instagram saying Pearl. Oh, I haven't mm. watched Pearl, but again, horror. So yeah, slasher, drama, yeah. horror, Mia but Goth. I, but no I think, less. but I think not, not sort of the sort of intense existential horror. Um, but still, I've I've kind of skirted it just because I'm not sure. This is not the one with Jenna Ortega. No, that's X. That's yes. the A24 movie. Yeah. X. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, speaking of A24-iness, this was one that... uh, We're not sure if you've seen it, Sharmila, although uh, Arvin and I reviewed it in your absence. Gab says, I liked the movie The Wonder on Netflix. I felt it was Mm. done with a lot of emotion. The Wonder would make my top 10. I was thinking about it, and I've come to that conclusion because I loved it. Wait, this isn't the RJ Palacio children's book remake? That's Wonder. Yeah. This This is The the Wonder. I have not watched it. Florence Pugh. Oh, the Florence Pugh mm. one. No, I haven't watched it. I'm very excited to watch it. Florence Pugh just being amazing la, by doing so little. Um, it's it has, a, it has such a weird atmosphere, that movie. And you're yeah. right. Like, I keep thinking about the, the, the music and the weird vibe that it had. I keep thinking about the spaces that it occupies, whether yeah. it's like the, the, the walk from house to house or being inside the house. Mm. I've given it a lot of thought and, and I've recommended it to people with reservation simply because I, I don't know if everyone's in like the emotional headspace for uh, The Wonder, but I, I really, really loved it. Well, I'm going to have to add it to my watch before the year is done list. Yes. Jay's- or at least early next year. <laughs> a- a- end of the year. Okay. okay. I, would say, I would say end of the year. Jay says, I'm not sure if it's 2022, but Coda was good. Coda was... Was Coda this year? We or- reviewed oh, wow. it this year. 
as a as a stuff we missed, I think. But it's last year's release because it won the Oscars. It came out very late yeah, last year, yeah. I think. We did that this year. Yes, we, we did. did it this year. I thought yes. that was like a 2020 movie or something. <laughs> no. like it won the Oscars early this year. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm, I wanted to bring it up just because uh, I I did think that Coda was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We we opened the floodgates. We did it to ourselves. Uh, Jonathan says, do check out The Terrifier 2. Wow. What about Terrifier 1, Jonathan? Uh, I think Terrifier 1 is probably pretty good as well. It's directed by the same person, Damien Leone. So um, it is a, again, slasher film. So, uh, okay, can I just say, um, sorry for the derailing, is slasher... Is slasher horror? I, I know it is. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is, does it fall into the same category as, say, like a psychological horror? Because to me, it's a bit different. It's also different from supernatural horror. Mm. It is. But if you're living alone, it all affects you the same, right? It comes out in the wash. So I don't know. For me, slasher doesn't terrify me nearly as much. Um, like like uh, your Jasons or your Screams. Oh, I know what you did last summer. Oh my God, yeah, my age. Yeah. Uh, but those don't terrify me as much as a, ooh, something will materialize in your bathroom when you're trying to <laughs> sleep at night, you know? And, and so supernatural horror for me is a lot more difficult. Same. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I have any issue watching slasher horror. Um, but I also don't like slasher horror that much because it's more about just like gore and violence yes, and a lot of, exactly. a lot of blood. Um, did anyone see, or do you know anyone who saw um, Halloween Ends? That came out this year. Yes, it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I I didn't watch it. I, I don't also, think I know anyone who did. Not a Halloween person. Huh. I mean, the the franchise, yeah. I, I know that it bombed. Like, mm. nobody's business. Like, people are like, what were they doing? Um, and it's because the one right before this, I, or, or the two movies ago, I'm not sure, um, was so well received, right? People were mm. so deeply excited by what they'd done to rejuvenate Halloween and bring back Jamie Lee Curtis and all the rest of it. And so I think they were expecting to ride the wave of popularity into Halloween ends and then it just didn't happen. Just fell flat. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, Avatar 2, by the way, is coming through. Zaza says that, Avatar 2. Um, And it's also part of Jesper's list. Alongside, uh, I'm just going to pick out the ones that we haven't yet mentioned. Uh, my favourite movies of 2022 are Elvis, more on this later, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, Death on the Nile, Lyle the Crocodile, uh, the live-action version of Disney's Pinocchio, there we go, oh, wow. uh, Armageddon Time, Weird, The Fablemans, ooh, Blonde, I forgot about Blonde, um, Blonde, The Banshees of Inisherin, 13 Lives, The Batman, uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, The Menu, Bullet Train, Beast, Ticket to Paradise, We'll stop there for now. Uh, Fablemans, actually, I'm really excited to watch. Obviously, it hasn't arrived here on any viewable viewable legal platform, mm, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm very excited about it. Um, the one I wanted to point out was actually um, Way of Water, which is only to say, actually, that movie got a bit shortchanged because of the timing. It actually ended up on no one's like best of list. D- don't worry, it won't be shortchanged by any amount <laughs> by the time it finishes its theatrical I run. I thought at least like best sci-fi or something. I, I think I, I think it's going to be like such a spectacular cinematic experience when we see it. I think it's just going to be one of those things that everyone agrees like this is why cinemas were built. Um, we'll know next week when we when we review it. But I don't know about plot. I still have my doubts about plot <laughs> when it comes to story. Let's in, see. In Pandora. <laughs> Before we move on to the rest of Jesper's list, can we talk about Elvis? Because I loved Elvis. I still love it. I've rewatched it since. It stays with me all the time. Sometimes I think maybe I should make myself a pink suit. Like, you know, I, I just really loved that film. It was the... Sometimes you wait a while and then you land upon this exact thing of the right filmmaker at the right time, with the right subject. And Elvis felt that way. Oh, I loved Elvis. Um, You know, being able to watch it in the cinema again was such a treat for me because you could Lord, see yeah. the performances and you could see Austin Butler just kind of channeling Elvis. Um, and such a great performance. I think if he doesn't get at least nominations come award season next year, I think it'll be such a such a fail. I don't know why I haven't seen that movie again. Um, I love the movie. Like, it's such a good movie. Probably easily one of my favorites of the year. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because it ended on on a sad note. I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, I don't know if it's because it's so long. The movie is like nearly two hours, 45 something, something, right? Almost three hours. So I don't know. It's one of those things. It doesn't feel that long upon the rewatch, I have to say. Um, Even the the excesses that um, I felt the first time watching it in the cinema, I thought wouldn't age that well with me. I still loved. So, 
Yeah, would would hundred percent recommend Elvis. Did Tom Hanks only do weird characters this year where he looked weird and spoke weird? Because I can only think of Pinocchio and Elvis. Oh, he's becoming Johnny Depp. Don't he's, he's say turned, that. <laughs> Why would you say that? Depp. Except he's just like these weird fatherly men who don't translate well ultimately. That's true. Yeah, and I don't That's want true. that. I like Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Uh, Ticket to Paradise, by the way, I've seen and found really delightful in a super retrograde way. <laughs> so um, again, since we're doing year-endy things, if you haven't seen it, it's kind of a fun year and uh, it doesn't require anything. Um, don't worry, darling. Tar. Where are people watching Tar? Mm. <laughs> it's somewhere. It's yeah. somewhere. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Turning Red, more on that, Lightyear, Black Adam, Matilda the Musical, Jasper. It's not out yet, right? Yes, it's not out yet. It's coming out this week. Jasper, where is your access? <laughs> Who do you know? Um, And then Catherine called Birdie. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. The son living, she said, till the woman king. Some of those I know are not out here. But anyways, I'm glad that they're being mentioned because I've heard good things. Turning Red being a 2022 release is just doing my head in. I feel like I watched it five years ago or something. That was this year as well. Yes. Oh, wow. I also love the mention of Jurassic World Dominion. Um, (laughs) I I didn't think it was a good movie, but it was such a fun time at the cinema for me. I forgot it existed until you mentioned it earlier on in the show. I was terribly bored. (laughs) So I think this is is what you get. Um, Okay, so anyways, lots of solid recommendations if you haven't exactly been um, paying close attention to the cinema or to release this this year, then hopefully uh, you get a list from the show because I think there have been a lot of good mentions. If you'd like to share, what is your favourite movie of 2022? Keep them coming. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Write to us at movies at bfm.my. And from the three of us, um, thank you so much for keeping us company, for sending in your thoughts, for listening to us um, and have a really good year-end break if you're taking one. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.